Hey guys, I'm Megan Pistetto. Welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. Oh man, what a week. What a year this week has been. I feel like I say that every week though. Like each week it just gets worse and worse. Like make it stop. I am back on Valium and MAPS hasn't even started yet. Do not at me for joking about medication because honestly, it's warranted and I've also got a legitimate script from my GP. So this week went from bad to worse for me. It started with the Jamie and Naranga beef and it ended with someone using my email address and personal details to contact companies and people on my behalf pretending to be me. It was a new low, even for Maria from Wagga Wagga standards. I have to give them props for creativity though. It is quite funny. So a few of the things they signed me up for, they signed me up for Pornhub. So I got an email asking me to confirm my subscription to Pornhub. And as we know, I'm on a drought longer than the one in the Sahara Desert. So it probably wasn't a bad idea. Probably gonna confirm the subscription, not gonna lie. And if I fall even further behind on the latest shows, this is probably why. Then they signed me up to become a front runner member. So that's Tim Hanley's VIP subscription list. (laughs) So I had to email Tim personally and ask to be taken off his VIP list. The first hand embarrassment of it all, honestly, (laughs) the shame. Even I had to laugh. Like, it's too much. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. They emailed like so many places asking for freebies. Like I literally think maybe like close to 100 places. Who knows how many I don't know about. And I had people calling me all week being like, hey, we got your email. And I'm like, what email? (laughs) Then it finally clicked what was happening. And I also had like every different email account that I've got and I've got a few, they had all been like had an attempted hack. So someone had tried to hack onto every single one of my emails and I had the same notification of like suspicious activity. So that happened as well. So the places they emailed asking for freebies, they would write things like, hi, my name is Megan. I'm an influencer. No, I think they were like, I'm a successful influencer. Can we please do a collab together? And they even signed off with kind regards. <laughs> I mean, at least they stayed on brand. So I had my local dentist call me in regards to an email that I sent. Well, I, I didn't send, but I sent about a potential collaboration for free dental work. I'm like, no, I didn't email you. But <laughs> since we're having this convo, I may as well take you up on your offer. Like who in their right mind is going to say no to free dentistry? So that actually worked in my favor. Then they emailed a bunch of plastic surgeons asking for a free boob job. <laughs> Come on, newsflash. I've already had my boobs done about two years ago, but good to know that they look so good. You can't even tell that they're fake. So yeah, I had the police at my house one of the nights last week until 1am taking a statement and investigating this cyber crime. So <laughs> wasn't ideal. It was already a busy, stressful week. So that was just the icing on top of a cake I didn't want to eat. So yeah, then obviously dealing with the Jamie and Naranga bullshit. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to all the people who took the time to message me about the episode this week. I actually had so much anxiety 
putting the episode out as I was personally disappointed in how I performed in that episode. I wish that I'd called out more problematic things that Jamie had said and I didn't think that I pushed back enough, but everyone was so kind in their messages and said that I did, you know, a great job. So it was such a relief to get all of that feedback. So that was my high of the week. Before we get into today's episode, just some super quick housekeeping. Grab a bucket, grab a mop, you know the drill. And guys, I see everyone not doing the drill. (laughs) I see you. Please do it. Like seriously, stop right now. Thank you very much. I need you to leave me a five-star review. Subscribe if you haven't already so you get the episodes when they drop because we do not have a consistent routine over here. I'm running this show without a PA and it really shows. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at SoDramaticPodcast underscore and at Megan Pistetto. And don't forget to join my cult, aka the Facebook community. That's at So dramatic podcast community when you search in groups community has a t-e-a at the end not a t-y coming up today honey badger has a new girlfriend and i've got all the details about their romance that slipped under the radar for almost a year lots of i'm a celebrity get me out of here gossip including which campmate was shunned by the other camp members and details about their rumored contracts and paychecks plus a ton of maths all-stars reunion gossip i really thought that i had left no stone unturned in my previous maths episode but apparently the drama on that show is infinite go back and listen to that entire maths episode actually before listening to this episode it's titled double reality reunion and it's a doozy so much drama so little time let's get into the show but you're like the last person we can tell things to you want to know something i have some dirt so juicy this week nick cummins aka the honey badger revealed that he had found love two years after failing to give anyone a rose during that disastrous finale Exciting news for the happy couple, but devastating news for me because I actually found out about this a few days prior to him posting the photo and I was so excited that I had this huge tea to drop on the podcast, so they ruined my scoop. Anyway, whilst I didn't break the news, I will fill you in on the finer details that I have. Her name is Alex George and they have actually been together for almost a whole year. Shame on us for not finding out sooner. She's an accessories designer at Zimmerman. A friend close to Alex tells So Dramatic, They have been together for about a year, but surprise, surprise, Nick had trouble committing. She had a tough time getting him to commit, but now he's all in. Her Instagram shows her at the same locations as him. He was in lawn with her and her family for Christmas. They've also been on several trips together. She's been joining him on all of his travels in the Northern Territory. And they're actually about to move in together. So it's about time he posted with her. Good to see that the honey badger has finally (laughs) made a choice, guys. Oh my God, oh my God. Let's talk about I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. People watching people on TV, watching TV, i.e. Gogglebox, is already a very weird concept in itself. But watching people on TV who used to watch people on TV watch people on TV who are now on TV themselves is an even weirder concept to me. So the Gogglebox boys entered the jungle this week, as expected, no surprises there. However, apparently their entry was not so well received by the other contestants. An insider tells So Dramatic, Adam and Simon went in super confident, thinking that they had it in the bag and they were going to be well received and go really far in the competition. However, 
They were not well received among the other cast members at all. Going in as an intruder so late was always going to be hard because the other contestants had already formed strong bonds, so they were considered outsiders. Tony and Colin had already cemented themselves as the alpha male and alpha female, and when the boys turned up, they were worried they were going to lose their stronghold on the group and plotted to squash them out. Essentially, they iced them out of the group and the boys never got a chance to gel with anyone. They didn't last long at all, just five days in camp. Not only that, but when it came to pay, they also received much less than their co-stars. The source explains, whilst most celebs got between $20,000 and $50,000, Adam and Simon only got $1,500 each, and then an additional $1,500 per day they lasted in the jungle, which means they only took home about $9,000 each, much less than everyone else. Apparently, the boys' appearance on the show was a last resort for them, with the source revealing to So Dramatic that their manager actually forced them to do the show. They said, when they left Gogglebox, they told everyone they were never doing reality TV again. Their exact words were, reality TV is the devil. Go fuck yourselves. We're above it and not doing it ever again. They had a footy show on Foxtel. However, that was canceled due to COVID. So they were essentially left with nothing except their podcast. But then their manager from IMG basically forced them to do the show, telling them, you're too precious, your career is over, you need to do the jungle, it will give you the exposure you need to launch your other projects. However, the source says they are doubtful the plan will go ahead, considering how they barely last in the jungle and how they don't really make a strong impression. Devastating news for the boys. Oh my God, oh my God. Last week I revealed on So Dramatic that Ash Williams was confirmed to be our 2021 Bachelor. However, he's already been dumped following recent criminal charges. Now, apparently Ash is struggling financially due to being dumped by the network as he will not be receiving the full payment he was promised and relying on, on top of having to pay legal fees with no income. A friend close to Ash says... Ash signed with the network for $180,000 across the two shows. Part of the $90,000 sum has already landed in his bank account off the back of I'm a Celeb. However, he won't be collecting the next check as he's off the market and will no longer feature on The Bachelor. Channel 10 has also played the safe bet by cancelling all of his media appearances in Sydney. Now, the payday of $90,000 does seem like a lot to do I'm a Celeb considering he's not a big name and that most people usually don't get more than 50,000, like unless you're Shane Warne. But considering Angie Kent was paid a whopping rumoured $200,000 just for her time on The Bachelorette, there is a significant difference between those figures. Oh my God, oh my God. As revealed by former I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here contestant, Simone Holtznagel, in a previous episode of So Dramatic, contestants are allowed to smoke in camp and bring in contraband. Shock horror. It's a conspiracy. Someone call Pete Evans or Dog Park Bill. Now, I have more insider details on what is and isn't allowed in camp and details about their contracts as well. We know that Shane Warne had a clause in his contract that allowed him to smoke ciggies in the camp. Freddie Flintoff also came out and said that he lied about being a smoker. Sorry, I find this so funny. He lied about being a smoker so he could get out of the campsite and hang around the resort instead. Vibes, I would have done the same to be honest. And I'm a Celeb Insider explained to So Dramatic, producers are very happy to accommodate contestants. You can pretty much ask for anything and they will allow it. They have individual contracts for each person. If you have any requests or exceptions, you just have to ask and they will ink it in. The problem is most contestants don't know this prior and they simply don't ask. One year they approached a contestant who lived close by, about 45 minutes away, 
and offered them the option of sleeping in their own bed in their own home at night. Makes you wonder how much of this show is just smoke and mirrors. Pun intended. Oh my God, oh my God. So we have seen many contestants smuggle in contraband this year, earlier in the season. And I've always wondered why the hell production don't just walk in and grab it off them, like since they're being filmed 24 seven and I'm pretty sure they would have pretty thorough bag checks before entering. Now a contestant reached out to me and explained this and confirmed my suspicions that it is all staged. They are told to smuggle in contraband because it makes for good TV. Each contestant is actually told to bring in at least one item of contraband and hide it somewhere in their luggage. It gives them all a storyline and extra drama, which we stand on this show, so no complaints here. Oh my God, oh my God. Bachelor Gossip, I've got an update on Matt Wyatt and Love Island star Kim Harnett's relationship. The couple are going Seems like the couple are going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment and they've been having a few issues in their relationship and it's not as rosy as they make it out to be on Instagram. An onlooker who was at the same New Year's Eve party that they were at, it was Shami's New Year's party, he's an influencer, told So Dramatic, I saw Matt Wyatt and Kim Harnett there and they were blueing big time. Matt said something along the lines of fuck off to Kim and she responded with something like, Don't speak to me that way ever again. See you next Tuesday. Yikes. Trouble in paradise. Good on Kim for standing up for herself and demanding some basic respect of her man. Oh my God. Oh my God. As reported by So Dramatic, Karen from Finance and Art Simone are the first two queens confirmed for RuPaul's Drag Race Australia. If you want more details about the new series of RuPaul's Drag Race, go back and listen to my episode titled 2021 Bachelor. Now I have a few other names of queens who will be appearing in the series who I can confirm. We have Tony Kohler. He represented the ACT for the national drag competition last year, but apparently COVID ruined it. He's heavily involved in the ACT LGBTQI community, as well as numerous government, local and federal initiatives. Tony has done sex ed videos, rainbow story time with the ACT libraries, National Science Week, as well as being one of the founders of a local drag company that helps locals enter into drag. He sounds like a goddamn queen that we all need in our lives. So bring it on. Yes. Another queen who I can confirm is Scarlett Adams. She's from Perth and relatively quite known there. As well as a drag queen, she's a costume designer, burlesque dancer and self-described party girl. My type of girl. She won Miss Burlesque in Australia in 2018 and Entertainer of the Year in 2016. Another queen who I cannot wait to meet. Oh my God, oh my God. Now let's get on to the show everyone wants to know about. Maths, Married at First Sight. Now, we've got the reunion coming up, but we also have the new season starting in February. And as I said before, I'm not even thinking about that until I have to, as I really want to enjoy my last few weeks of freedom while I can. However, I do have an update. The show has been thrown into total chaos because the filming of the reunion has had to be postponed due to the new COVID border restrictions. It's usually filmed about mid-January, like around the 10th or the 14th. However, they haven't been able to film it yet and they're waiting for things to settle down and hopefully for the borders to reopen. Now, a source tells me that producers are frantic as they're worried they may not be able to film it at all and many of the contestants are actually refusing to quarantine for the two weeks that they'll have to do. A lot of the contestants are also annoyed because they're basically being left in limbo 
and they're having to put their whole lives on hold for this bloody reunion that they don't even know when they're going to be able to film. So basically, they're just waiting until a new date is decided, which is annoying. Producers have also said that a Zoom reunion is definitely not an option and they will force contestants who are interstate to quarantine if they want to appear. They're also considering rewriting their contract and they're offering them an additional pay pack to lure them to film in person and quarantine. The reunion won't air until about April or May because the season's starting a month later this year. So they do have time on their side. So hopefully all goes to plan and they can film that very highly anticipated reunion. Oh my God, oh my God. Speaking of reunions, let's talk about the MAFS All-Stars reunion. Before I get into things, I do advise you go back and listen. There's an episode titled Double Reality Reunion. Go back and listen to that in full. It is a doozy because I've literally covered every single thing that will happen at the reunion, except for the few things I'm about to mention that I've just discovered as well. So go back and listen to that. This week, Dean Wells posted a screenshot showing that he had blocked the official MAPS page. So we all know that Channel 9 blocks all the previous contestants um, from the official MAPS page and the pages of the new contestants each season. And that's basically so that they can't engage with each other and have a relationship with the old contestants because usually by that stage, the old contestants have smartened up. They know how the game works. They know how to sell stories. They know how to organize PAP stuff. They basically give them tips. So they block them all so that they can't do that. And they block them from the main page so that they don't comment shit in the comments or give things away. Pretty smart on Channel 9's behalf, I must say. Fun fact... (laughs) I don't know if this is embarrassing or funny, a bit of both. I am also personally blocked by all season seven contestants. Some of them have unblocked me now that they've realized that they did block me unintentionally. They didn't do it. The producers did um, and they didn't even realize. And the official maths page has blocked me as well last year. So it was really hard for me working on this last year because I couldn't contact anyone. So again, smart on Channel 9's behalf. Now, this week it was so funny because they had to unblock all the contestants who are now back on their books for the Mass All-Stars reunion. So awkward. Then, in a twist no one saw coming, Dean Wells thought he would play their game back and one-up them, and he decided to block the Mass page back after being unblocked. When I asked Dean why he'd done this, he told So Dramatic, ah, the official Mass page just refollowed all the people from the reunion after blocking us three years ago, post our show being filmed. So I blocked them back. It's all just a bit of a laugh. Also, I don't give a fuck about following the official MAFS page. Look, I sure do care. So at MAFS, if you're listening, please, please, please unblock me. I beg of you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Another contestant who was shunned from the MAFS reunion was Jessica Powers' ex-husband, Mick Gould, fan favorite Mick. However, it turns out that he was the one who rejected the opportunity. Mick told So Dramatic, I had a lady beg me for ages, but I said, nah, I'm done. They offered me $2,500 and I said, nah, not enough. They asked how much then. I replied, too much. (laughs) Bloody love Mick. He went on, they didn't give another counter offer. So that was that. But from what I've heard, I'm glad I didn't do it. God, I just love Mick's honesty too much. He's a true blue guy. Got to got to give him that. Oh my god. Oh my god. As previously revealed by So Dramatic, Inner's Basic blew up at Mike Gunner at the reunion. So just to recap, Mike was being nasty to NASA, which was probably warranted. NASA went to do a toast and Mike yelled at him to shut up and said no one cares. Inner started screaming at Mike and saying foul things like, "I'll f your mom. I'm an I'm an immigrant. Give me your mom's number. I'll f your cousin." Just all this random stuff. It was really insane. So I asked another contestant about this whole incident because I just found that it was so hilarious and insane and they said Innes is not reasonable 
You cannot engage with her. She's going to come off looking really silly after this. She's not likable at all. Innes was on the heels of Cyrell's outburst, joining in on that and thinking she had to one-up Cyrell for airtime. She got weird and out of nowhere just started insulting everyone there and then and totally ostracizing herself in the middle of what was quite a tender moment. We were just looking at each other and exchanging glances like, what the hell is going on? She just cackles out of nowhere and starts laughing like a mad person. It was unbelievable. Oh my God, oh my God. Another person who's apparently not gonna come off looking too good after the reunion is Cyrell. One contestant dishes. Cyrell embarrassed the shit out of herself. She looks like an idiot. She had a crack at anyone who got in her way. Even people like Mike who barely said a word to her. Her arguments were not well articulated. She's just gonna look stupid. Her behavior was foul, absolutely outrageous. I don't think they can edit her any other way. Another contestant says, Cyrell got dragged by the group. Jess gave her a sincere apology and so everyone stuck up for Jess because she was behaving maturely. Jess said she was open to talking to anyone. So she went down to the other end of the table to talk to Cyrell. She just said to Jess, Get that effing smirk off your effing face, bitch. Then Jess said, Cyrell, I have so much plastic in my face. It doesn't move. And then she said something about her relationship with Eden being fake. I think she said something like, it's fake because he asked me to do the same thing with me, like do a showmance. And then Jess took a dig at her saying something like, I would hate to wake up next to you or something like that. So Jess isn't completely innocent in the situation, I must add. But then Jess also said, look, there's a child involved now, so I'm not going to like pursue this fight. Please don't get angry at me because I never made a comment about your son. Then Cyrell was waving her fingers in Jess's face and getting angry. Jess told her to calm the F down and then walked away. But Cyrell was standing on her dress so she couldn't move. Jess then was like, get off my dress, Cyrell, shut up. And then that's when Cyrell threw a glass of wine on her. Then everyone starts going off at Cyrell and she had to be restrained by all the producers and contestants. So then Cyrell gets thrown out of the dinner party by Tara the EP. And in a plot twist no one saw coming, Innes had Cyrell's back. So then her and Jess got involved in a screaming match. Ryan and Dean chase Jess outside to make sure she's okay. And then Jess leaves. The next night on the couch with the experts, Jess apologized to Cyrell and everyone had to go at Cyrell for not apologizing back and for her bad behavior the previous night. A contestant tells So Dramatic, everyone went in on Cyrell, even the experts. She couldn't handle the pressure. She came back wanting to be the Cyrell that everyone loved from the previous season and she wasn't at all. She couldn't handle the backlash, so she walked off and left. Basically, as soon as she got her apology from Jess, she bailed. Another little tidbit, apparently Cyrell is absolutely freaking out about how she's going to be portrayed and she's been trying to sell her version of events to various media outlets. Well, I guess to the highest bidder. Oh my God, oh my God. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. Now, I was gonna include this in my intro, but it actually ended up being longer than I thought. So I'm just gonna throw it in because I don't know if everyone's across the incident or if everyone wants to hear it. Some people wanna move on, myself included. So I thought that I would just keep it separate. So I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant now about the Jamie and Naranga feud and clear up a few things um, that I wanted to get off my chest and that I had a few questions coming in about. So yeah, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. And yeah, look, I do hate to make excuses about performance because I just think, you know, you can only do the best that you can do on the day. And I was having a bad day. I mean, that morning I'd actually had um, an anxiety attack. Um, I found out that my best friend had been like my best friend in the whole world. 
um, had been fighting for her life in ICU for three days and the same time I was confirming a surgery that I'm having done soon um, that I'm also anxious about and literally before the interview I was at my mum's having like a major meltdown and crying my eyes out so I was already shaken up by the time I got to the interview which you could probably hear listening back you can probably hear that I just had no patience that day I was exhausted I wasn't in the mood for any BS but yeah I was also underprepared because I had like a lot of information coming in at the last moment I even made Jamie wait like while I was still sifting through it all so in an ideal world I would have liked to be more prepared and had my points ready to go and I probably should have postponed it until I was feeling 100% but you know there wasn't really another time so I just had to get on with the show but yeah listening back there was a lot of things that I wish I pulled him up for I mean not that it probably would have gotten through to him anyway so I mean what's the point And I guess it's easy to pick up on things listening back. I didn't even realize that I had been gaslighted during that interview until someone actually pointed it out to me. I guess as a woman, it's second nature to just retreat and apologize when a guy is telling you that your thoughts are crazy and unwarranted. So that was a really good lesson for me. Now, I have received a lot of messages about this Jamie thing, so I'm just going to respond to them here. I will try to get back to everyone eventually, but I know that everyone had a lot of questions. So before the interview, I told Jamie to only talk about the incident in question. And I did say that if you have any serious claims that they do need to be backed up with evidence or I can't air them. Now, he continued talking throughout the interview about things that were not at all relevant. And I wish that I had made that more explicit, like that the excuses he brought up absolutely had nothing to do with the incident in question or warrant the text that was sent. I wish that I'd been more clear about actually explicitly saying that shaming a woman for their sexual endeavors and speaking about women in the condescending and derogatory manner that he did is not acceptable and that there is no excuse for violence, never, um, or threats of violence, even if someone does the same to you first. Another thing is that there were certain parts of the interview that I didn't feel comfortable airing, um, shaming various women for having sex, the defamatory claims that couldn't be backed up. And after much umming and ahhing about what to air and what not to air, I actually did seek approval from all the parties involved before publishing. And we actually agreed that sometimes it's best not to censor people. Censoring these parts out of the interview would have only been more good PR for Jamie. And sometimes we have to listen to uncomfortable things in order to, you know, shine a light on why they're problematic and why they're not acceptable. And I'm actually glad that I did choose to give Jamie another platform because I think that it opened up a lot of important conversations that we need to be having as a society. And it really did shine a light on behavior that is no longer acceptable. So thank you to everyone who contributed to the conversation afterwards and expressed their thoughts and feelings and experiences in relation to the episode. Um, A lot of people were speaking up and expressing that this behavior is not acceptable. And, you know, this is how we change as a society and put a stop to this behavior. So So I think I made the right call in the end. Now, just an update. I did speak to Jamie after the episode and I tried to, again, get him to apologize, to understand why I was upset, why the fans were upset, why Marg, Charlie, Naranga and everyone involved was upset and kind of get the message across that, you know, he did disrespect a lot of people. And, 
you know, in the past, I've actually told Jamie and other contestants to ignore comments in these types of situations. But in this instance, I actually told Jamie to read the comments um, in the Facebook group because we do moderate the comments there. So I knew that nothing, you know, super bad, like I'm not even going to give an example, but something really bad wasn't in there because, you know, on Instagram, people can get away with a bit more. It's not as heavily moderated. And I said, go and read the comments because they're actually providing really valuable and constructive criticism for you and you know I hope that he would read them and understand why there was such an uproar about his behavior and maybe take some time to reflect but he refused to apologize he didn't even listen to what I was saying or take any of it on board he didn't read the comments instead he just simply left the group he continued to gaslight me in messages after to insult women further and still refusing to take any sort of accountability for his actions and continuing to blame others for his very toxic behavior. And the fact that he can't even see any wrongdoing, like he still believes that he did nothing wrong at all, even now, that is like highly concerning for me. So the examples I gave him, like I just want people who are listening who are maybe also in Jamie's boat and don't understand what was so bad about his behavior and comments. Like, okay, threatening people with violence, toxic masculinity, calling women names, calling people the P word and the C word, toxic masculinity, telling guys not to be with Marg and acting like she's your possession, toxic masculinity, telling me that I'm crazy for thinking these things that are actually based off hard evidence, toxic masculinity and extreme gaslighting. So look, I do feel stupid for trying to see the best in him and encouraging you guys to do the same. I feel like he pulled the wool over my eyes and in turn over yours. And for that, I'm really sorry. I mean, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. I do try not to choose sides and remain Switzerland in these types of situations. But upon reflection, I actually think that I am entitled to my opinion and yeah, I don't condone this behavior at all. Is Narenga completely innocent? No, but at least he owned up for his actions and he did admit wrongdoing in pushing Jamie. He supplied hard evidence and he kept his claims to the night in question. He didn't bring other, you know, accusations that weren't relevant into the mix. Jamie refused to take any accountability and, you know, continued with this victim narrative. All he seems to have learned from this is that he shouldn't make threats in black and white or leave a paper trail when threatening people with violence. Now, a lot of you are asking why I didn't get Marg on the podcast. I did ask her to come on, but she was happy for me to speak on her behalf and feels that everything she wanted to say was said. So that's why I did go to Marg before Jamie's interview, as I didn't want these wild accusations to come out without, you know, having a rebuttal, which I did the same in Naranga's interview. I had a rebuttal from Jamie. So that wasn't a new thing. The invitation is still there for Marg to come on if she ever does want to come on. But I honestly think that it's best for everyone involved to just put this whole thing to bed now and move on. I am going to read out Marg's response that she posted on Instagram on my page after the episode aired. Just for those who don't have social media, Marg said, Yet again, Jamie not taking responsibility for his actions. I'm not happy about how he handled all of this and it's quite embarrassing. Everything pointed out was yeah, but... No buts, say sorry and be a man about sending abusive text messages to your friends and disrespecting women. To clarify, one... I blocked Jamie on Instagram and have proof of this, which I've seen. And I ended our friendship due to his emotional, abusive and controlling behavior. Two, I never told Jamie he couldn't do anything or go anywhere, including the yacht party. Three, I never threw my shoes at him. That's actually disgusting accusation and I'm not a violent person. Four, 
At first, I didn't realize how he was treating me and that he was actually controlling and abusive, which is why he was in my life for so long. I had people worried for me and my mental health for months. Five, it got so bad that I actually moved out and he begged me to come back and stay in Narangas. Six, I was vulnerable when I moved to Brisbane and he took advantage of that and made me feel like and made me feel like I owned him for everything he did for me. Seven, to this day, he continues to call me out to mutual friends saying I'm fat and ugly, which is so disrespectful. I have proof of everything. I'm so disappointed by the lack of accountability, but I didn't expect any different from him. God, my heart breaks reading that, it's horrible. No one should ever like criticize a victim for what they didn't do. And that's another thing that I wish that I'd pointed out during the episode. Yeah, there was a really good comment actually on the Facebook page or Instagram. I'm going to read it out. Someone wrote, are we seriously asking the victim why she didn't leave sooner? As a society, we are well aware that the most dangerous and deadly time for women is when they do leave the abuser. How disgusting to attempt to downplay your own behavior by saying, well, why did she stay? I'm honestly appalled and disgusted. Power to her for acknowledging the situation for what it was as soon as she did and getting herself out into a safe environment. Amen. So yeah, to summarize, I had hoped that Jamie would take accountability for his actions and at least at the very minimum, apologize for sending those text messages that we had in black and white. But no, I was wrong. Nothing warrants threats of violence. Nothing warrants treating women like possessions. Nothing warrants shaming women's bodies or their actions. I do feel stupid for trying to see the best in someone who I thought had changed. Um, I feel manipulated and I'm sorry if you guys do too. Sorry, rant over. But I just wanted to clear that all up because I did have a lot of messages coming in and I thought it would be easier just to respond here and express my thoughts and feelings a bit more eloquently than in a comment on Instagram. So moving on, let's lighten the mood and get back to our... (laughs) silly little gossip and look if I don't get a free booth and bar tab at Mr Percival's next time I'm in Brisbane just for my troubles and the free publicity I've provided their venue I'm gonna be really pissed so Mr Percival's if you're listening um that's what I'll be demanding when I come in next time just be prepared (laughs) now I sound like a thirsty camel morning oh my god okay let's focus That's all the tea I've got for you guys today. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars only, of course. And please keep sharing So Dramatic around more than reality stars share themselves around the reality TV world. Please post a screenshot wherever you're listening to the episode on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, etc., etc. You will be doing God's work. Thank you for listening to another episode of So Dramatic. See you next episode, whenever that is. I'll keep you posted on Instagram, so make sure you're following there for the updates. Goodbye, good riddance, and good luck. Ciao for now. Kind regards. Oh my god. Oh my god. So dramatic with Megan Pacetto.